Hello and welcome to the new Superhero Finder podcast from IDIFM. I'm Matt and I'm going to be scouring the cosmos looking for unsung heroes, the superheroes of real life spreading some amazing positivity and listening to some fascinating, incredible stories. So sit comfortably, get yourself a brew and enjoy. Hi and welcome everyone to another Ask the Expert interview, where actually I'm speaking to people that don't consider themselves experts, just to set the scene. There's no pressure here. And today I'm absolutely delighted to speak to Selwa. Um, how are you doing today? You okay? I'm great, yes. Thank you. Fabulous. And it's just been the Easter break, so we've just been catching up on taking some time off um, mm-hmm. and taking care of yourself. But for a start, what would be really, really nice, because you've got a a lot of experience in stuff and you've got a massive message to tell and you you know just spreading positivity could you tell everyone a little bit about yourself okay um so yeah my name's salwa and i am a social entrepreneur myself um so i am actually a big gender equality advocate um and i fight against oppression against women but i and then that's sort of my social entrepreneur side. And then I also coach and empower social entrepreneurs and women who are on a mission to make an impact. And I help them basically discover their authentic selves and step into that power and then become leaders themselves. That's kind of I was going to say, because I read the social entrepreneur and I was so fascinated to find out actually what that is. Um, so what what is it? So I know we'll we'll cover a little bit about your history and your in superhero terms your backstory, which I think is really yeah. interesting as well. Um, and it does make up exactly who we are today, but as we yes. know, it doesn't define us. And um, what is it that led you to working so closely with women? I think as well, it's a lot of my experience. Um, and yeah, if you, if we talk a little bit about my background. Mm-hmm. Um, I grew up in Saudi Arabia, so I'm a Muslim, and I grew up, as you're probably aware, it was a very patriarchal country. Um, I also was in a patriarchal home as well, so I was taught very young that my place as a woman was that I was going to be a wife and a mother, and that was it, and I was taught that I was second class as a citizen Mm. Uh, and that message was at home but then it was also cemented when I went to school and then in the community as well whenever we went out there would actually be little signs in the windows saying no women allowed and yeah those messages were just coming from every direction and you know of course subconsciously you're taking all that in and you just don't think that you have a place in the world um, and then when I was 15, my mother's English, so we came to the UK and um, massive culture shock, massive. I'd lived quite a sheltered life until then. Um, and it took, suddenly at 15, I had to think about a career. I had to think about, um, well, just how to move forward, really, you know, just to have a bit of freedom. Yeah. Um, And it's that journey that I went through, through the culture shock, through learning that actually, you know, I am worth something. I can be something more than just a wife and a mother, which I do love being, but I do have a 
you know, I do have worth, I do have value as a human being. So I think because of that, I understand it's I find it easier to work with women who come from a similar background um, or have been downtrodden or have hurt, you know, had some adversity in their life because yeah. then they can kind of hopefully hold their hand and say, look, you can get there, you can, um, you know, we can walk this way and just share a little bit about my own journey and how I came from thinking I was nothing really to actually, yeah, I am someone. Yeah, well, I mean, that's completely different to my, I mean, my experience as a man is going to be different anyway, but, yeah. you know, over, I'm English born and bred and and I'm, mm-hmm. that doesn't define me again, but you don't see any of them kind of signs. So you don't see, we've all heard of, I think, the patriarchal kind of, and, and it by all means is um, an old fashioned ideal of, of yes. what the family would be, the male breadwinner, et cetera, et cetera. But from what you're saying there, actually, that's another level beyond. And that's yes. actually, and what you said there is value and changing the value of what is somebody worth mm-hmm. defined by the gender they are. Yeah, definitely. It isn't just, and, you know, I mean, this this was in the UK and the West 100 years ago or something, but maybe it's even, like I say, another level in certainly in the Arab countries and where I come from. And of course, this isn't every household. There are a lot of progressive households there. But culturally, there is that kind of level where women are thought of as second class. And unfortunately, and, you know, I've did some research recently. I'm currently doing my PhD research. And women justify and accept violence because it's kind of, it's, matched to the social norms of that country or that culture and that's unfortunately what's happening right now and that is that still happening to this day do you know oh yeah definitely and it's happening in some countries but also in the uk in cultures it's happening as well yes but it's hidden Uh, a lot of women don't speak up about it again another layer of that is the shame and the honor and how everything rests on the woman's shoulder as the person who has to hold the family together and you have to sacrifice yourself and your needs for the good of the family and for basically almost serving the males and this is another thing that I'm trying to spread the message of because I grew up um, as a Muslim I mistakenly put two and two together and thought that that was Islam and it's not okay yeah so that's that's another thing, the misconception that this is something to do with the religion, which we as some of some Muslim women also think, and that's another reason we don't speak out because we think, oh well, I'm meant to do this, I'm meant okay. to have this place, but also the wider society as well sort of think that Muslim women are oppressed, and yes, some of them are, but it's culture, it's not religion. So. And that's a, I think that's a really really important separation to make between yes. the two as you say because again what we can find in religion from what I've read and, and what I've heard other people speak about because I'm not hugely religious myself I don't you know mm-hmm. that again isn't isn't part of me but is it's that overall belief that that does in some way it mm-hmm. can define you it can define your yeah. actions because you are going by you know 
the, the texts or, or whatever that, that belief of that religion uh-huh. is. I always find it interesting to try and talk about religion because I don't want to sound like I'm yeah. making any judgments, but try to try and be there from a third from a third party perspective. But mm-hmm. there can be so there can be so many strong values instilled through us and especially through generational things as well. Like yeah. your parents, you know, your grandparents will be one way and expect your parents to be. So then if you conform in a, mm-hmm. in a matter of a word, then that expectation falls to you, you know, and that will that will go for years and years and years and generations and generations. But as we see things change, especially as when you moved from Saudi over to here. You know, how did you, what was the first challenge you faced in actually realizing and growing a bit of your self-worth and actually moving away from that? Was that something you were able to do yourself or did you have to get any help for that? I had to, I think I had to get help. If I look back, um, it was a, it was a massive struggle, a massive struggle. And I think that's what, Again, I'm hoping to get the message across that even when we can take women out of these situations, that's not the end, that's the beginning. Because what's been ingrained on you since you were born and those beliefs, even if you're not in the physical environment anymore, you're still putting it on yourself. It's still happening and in fact worse. Because you you know, so I was really mean to myself. <laughs> for many, many years. Um, and I I had health problems and it, I didn't know what to do with this environment that was so different around me. And then all the guilt came in and, oh, I'm gonna go to hell. Um, I'm not being a good girl. I'm not being a good Muslim. So like you had the freedom there, yeah. but then you had the like, oh no, I'm gonna get into trouble or I'm gonna, you know, and just that, really sort of almost self self hate yeah. that you're you're bad you're this you're that um and that that i've carried with me until my mid 30s so um and then it was when i was introduced to personal development yeah. which yeah. was an accident um <laughs> very good accident by the sounds of it a very good accident yes definitely and through that, I started working on, so I'd had counselling throughout my, you know, I'd, I'd had yeah. counselling, there were issues there, but it had helped, but it hadn't been able to move me forward. So when I um, was introduced to personal development and also coaching, I got a coach, that's when things changed, because then it was like, right, how are we going to move you forward? And that's, yeah, that's when things changed for me. That's that's great, and do you know what? I think the most powerful thing about that is that you felt all these feelings, and 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 it sounds like, although it was a, a massive challenge and a struggle, mm-hmm. I always find there's a, there's massive amounts of power in just embracing that and actually overcoming the challenge. Because um, yeah. what it is, it's it's too easy to try and distract yourself and put it to one side and kind of say, well, I'll deal with that later. I'll do something, you know, kind of procrastinate. Um, so actually getting a, you know going to counseling or you know seeing a coach um someone that can help you get through that and actually the distinction between i think as well the the counseling and the coaching because there's for me there's a definition there of the counsel the counselor is really really good at fixing things so actually looking yeah. and putting reason to things and then almost getting you to a a good starting point so you're not mm-hmm. held back as much whereas a coach or a good coach essentially 
would really springboard you into getting exactly where you want. And, you know, you're doing fantastic things. Um, I've seen all over on your, your Instagram, your Facebook, which you lose, use a little bit more that you've done other talks. What, what has this message enabled you to be able to do? What kind of platforms have you got your message out? You know, tell me a bit more about, about your experience of that. Um, well, yeah, I think that's only been something quite recently um, okay. because I was, again, I was, even though I was still moving forward, you know, it's not an easy journey. It takes a long time and it's continuous. Um, but also I was still struggling with that almost belief in, in God and belief in, in Islam, but also not understanding how this religion that I knew to be peaceful was putting women down. So I then went back and started studying Islam myself and started reading the Quran, not somebody else's interpretation of it. And that's yes. when I started to realize that. And that's when I thought, right, I've got to get this out there. Um, I've got to speak about this. Um, and yeah, it's been really good. I've done some campaigns which have been phenomenal um, where I've, basically it was like, this is not Islam. This is not Islam that we're talking about and um, speaking to Muslim women and saying, you know, this is what culture, this is actually pre-Islam. What they've almost like taken what they want. Yeah. Hey, you know, we want to keep our, and I'm sorry, there is supremacy and things mm -hmm. there. So what can we use um, to sort of keep oppression and keep um, oppressing this other thing? So that campaign and what I did was I um, I got together and I had 23 fantastic women, um, Muslim leaders, rising stars, come on and talk to me and show their journey and show, look, here we are, we're role models. This is what you can do and we're good Muslims. So that was um, really good. And I got in, yeah, I've been on the BBC, I've been in the Telegraph um Yorkshire Post is interviewing me tomorrow so there's a few things that it's caught the attention of so that's good it is and and again I, I suppose I keep when, when I'm listening to you and it's it's fascinating hearing some of your story and and the things that you're doing because I think especially with the the last year of being as it's been it's great to have some positivity and I think when you're speaking to them fantastic women that you were that you were working with and yeah again it's that distinction of you can succeed, you can be what you want to be. Yeah. And you are a good Muslim. Yes. Because yeah. it's not, like you said, it's not you are a bad Muslim because you are not doing this. There's the two differences. You know, you can mm -hmm. be extremely successful, you can high, you know, you can dream as high as you want. The societal glass ceilings will always be there, but that's an individual's perception of the goals that are ahead of them and the chances yeah. are. Ahead of but mm -hmm. essentially you're not necessarily locked into something it is a, a societal expectation especially in i don't know whether it's more is it more close-knit communities like maybe yeah that's the other side of it that um so you've got different types of cultures you've got collectivism cultures which are very much it's about the community it's mm -hmm. about and then you have the west tend to be more individualistic um so it's like it's obviously family is important, but it's about, you know, how you're going to succeed. Whereas in collectivism cultures, everything you do has to almost be for the good of the community. Yes. Which can be good, but it also has the danger that you're then held back and you're stuck 
kind of kind of thing in in this, um, and also that unfortunately, where if you're in an, a um, a dangerous situation or an abusive situation, you haven't just got the one person to fight. You've then got the community. You've then got you know you've got levels to go through. And I've forgotten your question. <laughs> no, it's no, it's fine. So have I. It's fine. And this and this, and this is why I just wanted to have a chat because again, when you say about the the collectivism and that idea I was having a chat with somebody last week and we were talking about indigenous tribes and we were talking mm -hmm. about things many years ago and the idea of community and the idea of that joint expectation and everyone has their own yes. role yes now, it can be very positive and strong it can be strength in numbers but it all depends on how the expectations actually play out for the individuals within that it does rest naturally restrict you in mm -hmm. being your own person because there's that expectation of your role and yeah. this is why it leads to you know situations like this um mm -hmm. and i think we are in a, a world where you can change that but for some people it's you know it's not until there's maybe an intervention or someone like yourself that's spreading that message mm -hmm. they look this is out there because for some people you know see you can put up as many posts as you want as many positive posts but in that person's mindset oh well that can't be me I've got to be this person. So it's so ingrained, isn't it? Yes. Yeah, it's definitely ingrained. And I think that's why it's important to, I'm very much a big believer in collaborations and I'm a very much a believer in, you can hear the same message from different people, but one person, it will click. Yes. You might've heard the same message before, but one person will say, and that's why I got together this, these sort of army of women to talk. Mm -hmm. And there were local councillors. There was um, Salma Arif, the leads. She was one of the leads councillors in. Um, there was leaders from coaching, from businesses, from corporate. Lots of women, uh, Muslim women, who had founded up their own charities, who came on to talk. Um, and again, just talk about the challenges that they faced and how they overcame that, and how they justified it within Islam and within their values. And actually, in Islam you it tells us that if you see anything any oppression or anything like that you need to speak up it's our responsibility to speak up so yeah that's that i mean that's really interesting and and that's obviously why you've spent so much time going back and studying mm -hmm. you know, islam because like you said it's an interpretation of yes that then you you know what you know whether you're going to religious meetings whether you're going to you know religious places and and your leaders and the people you look up to and the people you respect give you that interpretation of which is where we get you know little subgroups of religions as well and mm -hmm. the message it's not trying to you know make this a, a a joke because it isn't but it's almost like chinese whispers yeah in some respect. It is. yeah i call it um so it's it's our fathers or our you know forefathers version of Islam and it's their interpretation. And there are verses you can pull from the Quran that you can, two people can read it. And this is with anything, isn't it? Two people can witness a scene and they will both tell you a different side of it because we only take in what we want. Yes. And, you know, I'm very humanistic in my, um, the way I work with my clients um, and person-centered. And that's very much that we are all the experts within our own um, yeah. field and our own sort of not field but in our own world yeah of our own perspectives 
And that's why, you know, if, if anything's bothering you and that's where it wasn't sitting with me right, go back and look at it yourself, you know, because everything comes through a filter, doesn't it? Yeah. And it's somebody else's filter. It is. And, you know, just to, to go slightly left from that, yeah. is, especially especially over the last year, it's if you're the kind of person that is, you take on a lot of information, you're not normally the kind of person to look into things we've had you know and still have in some respects the pandemic and the lockdown Mm -hmm. and the news that's been broadcast to us and that will be that company's interpretation of and then you've got all of a sudden all these outlets with us being in a very social media based environment um Mm -hmm. you know you get all these and maybe this is the time to actually start looking into things yourself Mm -hmm. Um, and i found i've started looking into things that i was interested in or didn't quite sit right because i wanted to know the reason behind things or I wanted to gather my own opinion yes rather than rely on somebody else's necessarily and and to regain some of that control and some of that power because like you say there'll be some people um that read them verses you know in Islam that then translate that to this means my version of a patriarchal mm-hmm. society mm-hmm. but yeah. then gloss over or, or pass <laughs> where yes. it talks about oppression and speaking up. So, yeah. you know, so there's there's a, um, there's millions and millions and millions of people that think they are living the correct way. Mm-hmm. And that's that can be a massive struggle itself in just speaking out and actually getting somebody else to see your point of view and actually sometimes to see the physicality. You know, there's sometimes, you know, there's things that classes um, abuse in some cultures that don't in others. And, you know, yes. there's all these yeah. similarities between what expectations societies have but when you realize like you said you realize that it's all individual and mm-hmm. it's yes there's something wrong and we want to fix that but let's open people up to the other messages the other beliefs that people have and let them know that that's normal and maybe more people can make a choice and whether they live in that and stay in that obviously the elite if there's any illegal things then we'd like that to stop and you know we'd yeah. like to change um, but empowering more people and putting that, you know, putting that confidence to be able to, I suppose, explore more about your culture or your religion. Yeah. To be able to become a, I'm, I'm massive on trying to become a truer version of yourself. So be yeah. the most confident in the best version of you, which looks so different in so many people. And that's why it's so fascinating. But sometimes you get stuck in a rut and you think that you can't do that. You think that who you are is defined by your family by where you're born by the situation you're born in and that actually defines you whereas as you said earlier you are the expert of your own story you are the author of your own autobiography Mm -hmm. it's up to you what the rest of the pages say yeah yeah and I mean that can be quite difficult especially if you've had uh, an upbringing where maybe you've felt invisible or you've felt you've never really known who you are um, and that's that's one thing I, w- I was wanting to mention because so between sort of 15 and 35 when I started realizing personal development I did have eventually I have a successful career you know I was in the banking industry I was a, a leader and you know I went into underperforming branches brought them up top performing so I, I was high in my career ladder but I was coming at it from a different point of view so I was coming at it in a point where I needed to prove what I could do 
to feel worthy. I was looking for that external validation. I was looking for a way to impress people because I'd never really had that before. So I, that's how what I was trying to do. I wasn't aligned with my own values. I was just doing what I needed to do to get up there. And I ended up with a breakdown. I ended up having eight weeks off work um, and physical things coming through as well. Whereas now, and since I've done that 30, you know, since I've, the personal development, now I've, I went back to basics and it's about, right, who am I? And discovering who is the real me, looking at my values, looking at my strengths, looking at the Shiro, I call it the Shiro within. I like so, that. Yeah. yeah, I like that. And this is the work that I do with my clients as well. So it's like, right, let's figure out who you are. Then let's align who you are with what you're trying to do. So make sure that your business or whatever you're doing is aligned with your values because that you can still do it if it isn't, but it causes a lot of problems and it always has a way of coming out. So let's, let's do that first. And once we've done that, then we're going to rise up as the leaders that we are, then we're going to step into our power. And that's, that's the process. And I think until you do that, it's, you've got to, you know, we talk about being yourself, but you've got to do it for the right reasons. And that reason has got to be you, you know, um, and also not comparing. I mean, I know everybody talks about don't compare yourself with others and keep yourself in your own lane. Mm -hmm. But, one lesson I learned was I was comparing myself all the time. And I was like, well, I know I can be successful. So why am I not going as quick as so-and-so? But actually my story and my demons and my past was completely unique to me, as is everybody's. Mm -hmm. And I had to face that first. And then I'll move at my pace. Does that make sense? Yeah, of course it does. Yeah. yeah. And, and it, and I'm I'm glad I'm glad you said the thing that you do because this over here I'm doing it for me, is, yeah. And and you know I can see that we're both under that that same I suppose, I don't know that same mission I suppose because like you said it, it's fine it's aligning them values. Um, mm -hmm. I did that last year, you know, as soon as lockdown came in and all of a sudden as a personal trainer in the gym I could no longer work anymore so. I struggled to then find what my worth was. And on, you know, on this earth, I knew I wanted to help people. But when I looked into values, it was like, hang on, what makes me feel really good? What in my gut tells me, what do I get excited about doing? I get excited mm -hmm. about spreading messages. I get excited about getting positive responses and having conversations. And ultimately, my value is serving others. And when I realized that for three or four years, I've been personal training, but I've been doing it for many different reasons, including to make money, mm. which then because of the financial, I then lost sight of why I was actually doing it. So I was doing it and still doing it and doing it well. I was keeping a business running, yeah, but I wasn't enjoying it or as passionate as I am now, because then you realize, like you say, when you align your values, mm -hmm. find out exactly what makes you tick. Um, then it, it's a game changer, isn't it? And, and I yeah. think there's a lot in that kind of gut feeling that gut feeling response yeah that gut feeling definitely. can either be nervousness or excitement which actually are two sides of the same knife i think mm -hmm. yeah or you know it's telling you if something doesn't feel right then generally something isn't right and it's not no mm -hmm. it's not necessarily what's gonna happen or the actions it's how you feel about them 
and how you feel about doing that. Definitely. Did you ever watch there? Um, there was a program I used to watch, um, oh, Home Improvements or something like that. It was a big American film um, program. Have you watched it? Where it's Move That Bus. No. Oh. <laughs> was it was it a sitcom or was it an actual like? No, it was a reality. Yeah, a reality. So they'd go in yeah. and it'd usually be people who'd made a difference in the community. Yes, and then they drove the thing away and then they were like, yeah, oh. move that bus. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> anyway, so I used to watch that and this was when I was at the bank and, you know, and I used to just get this almost like pain in my tummy mm. because I was like, I want to, you know, I'd, I'd almost like I knew I wanted to be doing something that made an impact something that made a difference but I didn't have a clue how or what or you know but that is when you, that to me is your body screaming that hang on we're not in alignment here you know so it just it's funny because that always makes me think <laughs> but that they're, they're the things that stick with us and that you know that could be a defining moment for you and that's brilliant because we can find it in the smallest things um, yeah I can't think of, I mean, there's so many examples running through my head. I can't actually pick one. I mean, that's that's a problem with a, an overthinking mind. But, you know, it is, there's a big, I think there's a big thing about being open to receive some of these signs, you know, and even for people that, I know a lot of people that I can't necessarily have the best conversations about self-development, about this kind of thinking, because it's something they've never approached before. Yeah. But even if you're in a position where you haven't looked into self-development, self-development books just like, just look like big books full of words and actually you're in a point where you're kind of happy with your job you're kind of happy with life you're kind of this and and that's absolutely fine there's no judgment but you know opening your eyes and and really looking at some of the things that we do autonomously some of the things we do without thinking because we might actually not be making a choice to do that that might be somebody else's choice that we've just done through routine or through our parents mm. or all that expectation but actually looking and making more conscious decisions. So when you're making a decision, actually think about what you're doing and why you're doing it. Mm, I think that yeah. actually can start to open your eyes a little bit and, and can start to really empower you into thinking, hang on a second. So I'm doing that. But the last five times I've done that, it doesn't feel great. So why am I doing it again? Rather than mm. just doing it and feeling that, that pain um, again and again, I see it in, I see it in relationship. I see it in my own, you know, my, my own story. I've not had a, a greatest relationship with my, you know, my parents and, and there's other stuff there as well. Um, mm -hmm. But you suddenly realise that, hang on, for all this time, I've been making the same, I've been, come across the same thing and I've been making the same decision again and again and again. Mm -hmm. And again and again and again, it hurts or it doesn't feel right or it feels frustrating. But yeah. you don't realise you're doing it until you realise, I mean, mm -hmm. I mean, that's a stupid sentence to make, but you don't realise until you think about it and you actually realise that you're doing it. And then once you change it, wow, like you don't realise how much pressure's on there. And like you said about when you were working in banking, you were doing the things that you thought you wanted to do to get the recognition, and that recognition was a good feeling. Yeah. But that was moving you so far away from your values. Mm -hmm. It's like running a car but not putting fuel back in it. Guys, if you're enjoying this podcast, then please visit my website on www.imdoingitfor.me where you can find everything from media links to coaching to tips, reviews, and even a shop now where you can buy some of your very own superhero apparel, so hoodies, tops, caps, 
beanie hats to keep you warm during winter it's all there so please check it out at www.imdoingitfor.me thank you oh that's a good analogy yeah Mm. yeah you'll go so far but in fact here's a better one for anybody because i mean i love cars and i've got a background in cars but if you don't put a good quality engine oil in your engine your engine will run but it won't always run as well as it could do but once you put the right engine oil in and you look after the the values, the engine oils, the values, and you look after yourself, that's when Mm -hmm. you can get the most out of the engine. I like that. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, definitely. Things come in, thoughts come into our heads, and it's a lot about the perception and our thoughts about that thought and how we then act on it. You know? Yeah. uh, We really are. We really can be in control, can't we, of our life? completely yeah yeah the thing is as well but there is a lot happening subconsciously and that's where you know and sometimes when you're doing something repeatedly it's because there's a lesson for us to learn from that and until we learn that lesson we're not gonna change you know but yeah a lot happens unconsciously and that's I think when that's what I mean by discovering yourself it's like right let me have a look at what I've been doing and taking responsibility that's a big one and taking ownership you know, and sometimes you, you you might go to a coach and think, oh, she's got the magic wand and she's just going to go like this and I'm going to be super. I wish. <laughs> you know, we've got to, there is a lot of work and a lot of really being honest with yourself and really um, looking, okay, yeah, you know, and when I've looked at my past, um, you know, with my eldest child, I've looked and thought, yeah, I've made some mistakes there. And, but it's also about not being really angry at myself because I was doing the best I could at that time with the information I had, but I was repeating, I was almost recreating some things that had happened to me when I was younger. And now I know it, now I can sort of fix it, not fix it, but you know, I can change that, but it's about me um, taking ownership for that, taking responsibility that yes, you know, I, I had something to do with that. And now, right, okay, what can I do to move forward and, and change that? Yeah. And the wonderful thing we know about change and that actual visible acceptance and that taking responsibility and that changing, especially with people around us, family, friends, is we don't have to say sorry for that. We don't have to feel bad for it. But if we change, that will that will radiate to other people around us. Yes. They will see that change and that will then change what they see in us. It may well inspire them to change mm-hmm. um, because it's, it's just that it's that true honesty, isn't it? It's embracing everything that you've done, every choice that you've made and trying to head forward and, and just believe in every choice that you have made that you make in future and knowing yeah. that actually there may be ones that don't quite work out, but it's a lesson to be learned. Exactly. It's not a failure. It's just a step. It's just another step, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. We could talk about this for hours. I know. <laughs> then we might have to have a part. We might have <laughs> topic a bit. So coming back yeah. to, just coming back to um, when you were talking about things about gender and empowering women, um, what is, it'd be really great to know if there are any particularly standout moments for you working with people. Have you seen someone that's had a, you know, a really significant change or if you unlock something in somebody or what what kind of 
success have you had in that way? What makes you feel good when you've worked with someone? Gosh, um, I think, yeah, when I, sorry? Put you on the spot. <laughs> no, you have, I'm just thinking. <laughs> no, um, I think one thing that really helped, uh, there was one, one lady I was working with who said to me a few sessions in, she said, what I, and when she first came to me, she had this sort of memory that was everything. It was massive to her. Um, and it was a few sessions in that she said, actually, it wasn't that big. You know, it's not as big as I thought it was. So that was really good. Um, there was another lady, because um, what I found that is a talent <laughs> is that um, I help I can bring out um, what people's values are, what their sole purpose, that's what I call it, yes, is. Yes. And um, sometimes, you know, you can be sort of a bit fuzzy with it yourself, but we can, you know, I work with them to make it clear. And this one lady said afterwards, she said she was so full of energy and so um, she had to go to the gym for an hour because there was wow. just so much like, she was almost shaking with excitement because we'd nailed it. Right, and you know, it can be a little bit, right, so why do you want to do that? Let's let's dig a bit deeper there and really attaching what they want to do. And that, when that becomes clear, that kind of almost just paves the way, doesn't it, for where you want to go. Um, and realizing that as an entrepreneur, if you're an entrepreneur, your business is not necessarily your purpose, it's just the vehicle that's gonna get you to do your purpose. Yeah. That's been really good. Good. No, I mean, I, I know from, you know, from conversations with some of my clients as well, that that feeling when somebody just that light bulb moment, um, or sometimes as a, as a listener, and, and that's one of the biggest powers as a coach, I, I believe anyways, the ability to be able to listen and then pick out some of them mm -hmm. phrases that you might use to then ask, you know, dig deep, a little bit deeper and, and go why, but sometimes the most powerful bits, you know, when someone's onto something, when there's that silence yeah you know when you ask a question and actually and I've and I've been there myself I've I've had a coach as well and that's helped me go through some of these some of these processes so you know what it feels like and you're like um and you're almost second guessing because you thought you knew the answer yeah and when you dig into it you're actually saying the answer because that's what's pre-programmed in you when you actually think of when you were trying to line it with the value like you said something it's almost like um like something hitting the floor, you just don't know until you reprocess it and, re and rethink about everything. Actually, what the answer is, and then when you, and then when you attach it to your values, you know, and realize your, your purpose, it's it's it really is enlightening. And I can see why that person wanted to go to the gym because all of a sudden, it's almost like you've got a room full of boxes and you've got right. no idea what priority you are. So you try to tidy up. Uh, yeah. So you're moving house, right? I like. Mm -hmm. I, I like, like analogies. I like my analogies. Yeah. So you move. You're moving house. You're packing things yeah. up. Ten boxes on the floor. You've got no idea which box to move first, which things to do first. So you do them by which ones you see, or you do them by which ones you come to first. You find a reason for doing it, but there's no real priority. But then when you're able to look through things and actually prioritize, like you said with that, you know that that client that said actually that's not that big. Mm -hmm. but it felt big so actually if that yeah. person if it felt big then feeling's a big thing for them so 
what are the other things that feel big? Can we explore them? And then you start putting these boxes and actually that task from being a mean menial moving house, I mean, mm-hmm. I don't think anyone enjoys moving house, you know, in that example. Um, but once you can get them into an order, actually that can feel quite cleansing. And actually once you've essentially got a head full of boxes that are in the right place, we all know what a clean kitchen feels like. It feels amazing. Mm-hmm. You know, and and yeah. sometimes then processes can be, you know, quite difficult, very difficult, very challenging. Um, but then you get to know everything that's in there or you start to get a picture of everything that's that makes up you, that's in your head, that's in your beliefs, that's in your values, where they sit, what role they play, how strong they are, and actually learn when somebody, if somebody comes in with an opinion that counters that, how do you then begin to deal with that? Because that can be another challenge, can't it? Yeah, yeah. And actually, you've made me think there was another um, lady that it was really good because she had just had redundancy, you know, with, with yeah. what had happened. And she was very much like, I don't know where I'm going. I don't, you know. And through the coaching, we found out that she never, you know, yes, she had fantastic skills she'd gained from her employment, but it was never her sole purpose it was never her you know what she wanted to do and now she's actually enrolled in university and is going down that route so she's completely changed her direction but it's completely she knows now without a doubt she is on the road that she's meant to be on I'm getting goosebumps because it was just really nice to see her come through that you know and and know right this is what I'm doing especially when it when it seems so natural and then you know the the then the decisions they're making based on that especially with such a big change mm-hmm. then become ones of passion or you can start feeling that enjoyment again because you're doing it for you and some of these things that we are um one of the books I tell people a lot about in terms of self-development is because I've had a lot of financial based challenges um and the mm-hmm. way that I saw money um okay. money by Ken Honda and the idea being that when your parents say money doesn't grow on trees, that expands into more than money. So it's the idea of we have this fear of not having money, but money is mm-hmm. a concept that doesn't actually, well, it kind of exists because we use it as currency, but it doesn't. And there is infinite money out there. It's about your, you know, your belief that you're able to find it. But mm-hmm. it's apart from the fact I've just lost my train of thought because I've gone so far off. Into the <laughs> book, um, yeah. That was great, wasn't it? It was like a car crash. Um, it's, yeah, it's... You were talking, what were you talking You were talking about... Yeah, what were you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you what, this is as raw as it gets, guys. This isn't BBC. This isn't The Telegraph. This is two people sat in the houses just having a, having a chat about the good stuff. Um, yeah. It's, yeah, it, and actually... I was coming back round to, again, it's that generational thing of that belief of you are brought up fearing money. So you think, oh, well, I, I can't spend on that. It's wasting money. It's oh, this. Oh, yeah, yeah. And actually, when you look at that person that then went to university or you've done stuff yourself, you've made investments in yourself that actually are allowing you to serve your purpose, to, to live your values. And that can be a quite a difficult thing because that amount of money could equate to something... So say if you're working with a coach or if you're working with a personal trainer, one thing as a personal trainer is 
people go, well, hang on, that personal training session is more than my membership or it's more than my week shopping or it's more than this. But that same person will probably go out and spend a few hundred pounds on something I wouldn't dream of. You know, so yeah. we've got these, we've, we've got all these, these things in and realizing and being aware that we've built them from external and actually mm -hmm. are they the same as our internal and what we actually believe and what we want to believe. Um, so yeah, that, yeah. That, that was mine based on money because it can be a really limiting factor, can't it? And it oh, can definitely. stop people from really living their dreams as well. But actually investing in yourself can be very um, connected to your self-worth yeah. as well. So it may be that they need to go back and start looking at that first, um, which unfortunately means investment. But, you know, if you can just take that step to have that small investment, it literally changes everything. So that coach I had when I was 35 was quite a bit of money at the time that I thought, oh, my God, how am I going to do this? But it really what she did to change my whole course of life it's just like wow so yeah there's definitely that especially when you look back because it is almost it's almost a gulp kind of moment when you see the cost that it's going to cost for something and and you will only necessarily go for it if you believe it's going to work and there's a lot you know there's a lot of work going on beforehand before you make that transaction but then as soon as you do and the times you come off them calls or you know, when you've been with your coach or you then implement something or something comes off or, you know, you might get an opportunity that came in and you think this is all because I have chosen not only to invest in myself, but to open myself up to all these things and to take this chance, yes. you know, and you start yeah. seeing things differently. And before you know it, that money that you spent on that is insignificant really because it's then made so much more value in other areas of life as well as well as just financial isn't it yeah um but yeah it's yeah it's really good to hear that actually you've because there's so many people that haven't seen the power of coaching mm. and i know you are a coach yourself and you help coaches and it's also good to see actually you are good at helping coaches because you have had a coach and you are a coach. So you've got that full rounded thing. Cause I think sometimes we're in a world where there's more coaches helping coaches than there are coaches. <laughs> yeah. do, do, you know what, do you know what I mean? Because there's a big yeah. market for it at the moment. Um, but you know, you, you can certainly pick out as soon as you start speaking to, you can pick out the ones that are experienced and that know what they're talking about because you've been through it yourself. And like you say, we, we are the experts of our own journey. So mm -hmm. by and large, every coach will be different. Um, yeah, and it's it's never end. It's it's a continuous thing. So um, if you look at Maslow's theory, where um, he talks about human needs, you know, and first you've got the food, then you've got the shelter, and then you know, so it, the basic human need is is you've got to have food and you've got to have shelter, and then you, you sort of go up, and the top one is self actualization, and that's the fact that we have to continuously improve ourselves and, and work on ourselves. Also, you think about the world changing mm -hmm. and COVID and all these things that impact us. But yeah, I, I've got two coaches at the moment for different things. Um, and I probably will always have a coach because it's a sounding board. It's somebody else um, helping you. It's just helping me develop more and more because I 
personally don't believe in self-actualization. I, I don't think you'll ever, we don't ever get to a state where we're perfect. I think it's just a continuous thing. Yeah. So uh, yeah, I think that's, that is important, but there is stigma. And, you know, before I accidentally found personal development, I had heard of self-help books and I just thought they were a joke. Yeah. Yeah. And I'll level with you on that because I've looked into a lot of things like med uh, not medication, mindfulness, meditation is the right one, not medication. Mm -hmm. um, and there's always that stigma of it's a bit hippie. It's a bit, yeah. out there, it's a bit American, not nothing, yeah. American, but there is a view of it. it's a bit, you know, airy fairy mm -hmm. or whatever we've seen in up the north. But once you actually, unless you try and apply it, or really find out a little bit more about it, you're never really going to understand what it is. And sometimes that stigmas from how it's packaged. And I don't know about you, but I, well, you've, you're a social entrepreneur and coach and, and I find it really difficult to tag what kind of coach I am. Cause as soon as I say life coach, that automatically says, hang on, this is a guy that drives a flash car that comes around and just talks to me for an hour and gets paid loads of money. That's what I thought a life coach was. That's yeah, that's your perception. Before the development. Yeah. And then I looked into it and I was like, hang on. I know people that play that role, but maybe not in a professional. So I know people that coach or that will help. Mm -hmm. And I myself, as a personal trainer, before I even got into coaching, my style of training was actually more a hybrid between training and coaching. Yeah, health coaching, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so it's, yeah, it's trying to, um, I suppose it's trying to find, they always say it's better to market yourself to try and find a niche, but every time I try and find a niche, I fail because I'd love to be able to help everybody. So I've decided that the niche is me. And if people like me, then let's have a chat. If you don't like me, then it's you know it's it's not going to work so and that's why i surround myself in superhero stuff that's why this is a superhero finder podcast and youtube and this is why my logo is almost a bit like superman a bit like the yeah. superman because it's unearthing the powers and i remember when you messaged me and you said i don't quite know if i'm a superhero and i knew from that statement that we should talk and we should get on here because it is about that i don't believe i'm a superhero but i know that and, and I know that you have, through your story, through your backstory, you have things mm -hmm. that have changed your life, that you have grown from that. And mm -hmm. that actually, you have some huge strengths. So, we, I mean, we talk about resilience. We could talk all day. There's loads of different words that we could use to describe you. And those are the things that you are then having an impact on the world. So I think by far, you are one stellar example of a superhero. Aww. But... You don't wear Visible. a cape. You don't wear, you know, you, you don't wear lycra. Well, you might, but for all intensive purposes, it hasn't got a big logo on. You haven't come in your outfit. So, you know, and actually, I think it's really important that we celebrate that. That there are people out there with the confidence to say, I am awesome and I want to help people. There are people like that. But there's yeah. also people that go, do you know what? I'm a regular person with experiences and I want to help people. Mm -hmm. getting that message out there was one of the reasons why I started this platform because like myself there's a lot of people that want to help people but don't know how mm -hmm. um, because unfortunately we live in a world where confidence can equal a lot of negative it can have a lot of negative connotations 
Um, yeah. Whereas but again, if, that's just limiting beliefs that we've been taught, haven't we? The same as, you know, filthy rich and all that. You could, you know, all those things you hear that were, and even you, movies, some movies, when you look at them, the olden movies, you know, they always portray the baddie is always a rich person, is always, you know, a confident. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so you you like, uh, again, and especially in my culture, we were taught, you know, you have to be humble, you have to be pious and quiet and gentle and eyes to the floor, you know, and it's like, no, it's about having the confidence to believe in yourself and just stand there strong. And um, you might not be, so you might think, well, who am I? But actually, so you think about a queue at a post office, yeah? Is it, am I going to get hit by one of your analogies yeah. now? Come on, bring it on. <laughs> so think about a queue at a post office. Yeah. And you're, say, number six in the, po in the mm -hmm. queue. And you look at number three. So number three isn't at the tail, isn't at the desk. They're not there. But you would still like to be at number three's position because they're ahead mm -hmm. of you. Mm -hmm. So that's where sometimes you don't have to be at the end or the all singing, all dancing um, successful, just by the fact that you're a little bit ahead of somebody else and you can turn around and say, hey, let me have, you know, give me a hand. I'll help you get to where I am. Yeah. It's fantastic. Yeah. And, you know, yeah, absolutely. And if you're that person that's in, if you're sat watching this or you're listening to this and you're that person that's at number six in the queue and somebody does offer... A hand or somebody does open up a conversation then you know that essentially is i'm gonna sound really cheesy now but it's but it's a gift it's somebody opening something up so whatever the preconceptions are of sometimes they say never to meet your hero because when you meet your hero they're no longer your hero because they're not everything you expected them to be um, uh, yeah you put them on a pedestal you put them on a pedestal and you and you only see certain things about them you don't see you see the things that you know you want to see so we, mm -hmm. we lead, which leads us nicely back to religion and the experience that you've had in you know all these when we put things on a on a pedestal that we're not seeing our own interpretation of we're seeing somebody else's interpretation of what i would like and again i'm going to put you on the spot because i think it's mega fun in this position it's great is if there was a kind of if there was a soundbite or if there was a one or two sentence thing or a tip that you could give someone or something to take away from listening to us talk for you know about an hour so thank you if you are still listening by the way and um, we've had very much fun doing this so if there was anything what would it be okay that's a very good question no well if i had adverts or sponsors i'll put them in now but i don't so <laughs> let's have a um I would say that, you know, even though you might have heard it before, it's definitely really, really important to understand that we are all completely unique and we have our unique experiences and our unique perception of the world. And just stay in your lane. So you might be um, competitive and things like that and thinking, well, why, why are they doing well in business and I'm not yet? That's just because that's not your journey. That's just because it's not your turn. Or it may be, you know, you have some deeper stuff that you need to look at. 
this isn't one sentence or something, is it? Sorry. No, it's <laughs> fine. We'll <deliver laughs> it, the rules. Yeah. So, um, but also by you walking through that, that that's a lesson that you'll help somebody else with in the in the future. Yes. So, just if let's think in the sentence, you are wonderful and unique in your own right. Yeah. Take the time to look at you and celebrate you. I like that. That's beautiful. And also, I would like to say on that as well, from from my point of view, if you know of somebody that has the things you want and you feel jealous, it's not a bad thing to feel jealous, but just think, if you know that person, you've got a chance to be able to ask how they got it. Mm. So actually, opening a conversation, accepting that feeling of jealousy and turning it into a feeling of actually driving motivation, you could then speak to that person and say, what is what do you do? What did you do to get there? And maybe you'll find the little thing that you haven't thought of yet and put yeah. it into your lane, you know, and follow your yeah. yeah. Celebrate other people's successes because yes. that will bring more to you. But if you sit there in that sort of jealousy and, and what have you, then that unfortunately will keep your own success away. You're only hurting yourself yes. by, you know, wishing bad on others not bad on others but you know it's like yeah. a horse with blinkers on yeah always just yet. celebrate others and celebrate yourself so just celebrate yeah is literally <laughs> well I, like i said i reckon we could have a part two or three we could even probably make a series which you know i'll, I'll speak to you off i'll speak to you off the camera but if there is if anybody wants to get in touch with you Mm -hmm. or ask you anything or what is the best way for them to do that let's plug 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 so okay uh website's coming very 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 soon uh, but mainly probably on social media and um, facebook i'm not really instagram at the moment um so facebook it's just salwa abdelhadi uh look me up and send me a message um so yeah if you friend request me just send a little message as well because um i do get some strange friend requests <laughs> So just let me sort of sift through. So if you send me a message as well, then, you know, um, but I am very, very open. So if you want to ask me anything, and also I always offer um, first session free and sometimes that's enough. Some people I go away and they're very happy with that. Um, like you said, you know, I believe in serving powerfully. And if you do um, just spread out joy, then it will come back in other ways. Oh, so it was. No, fabulous well thank you so much for your time it's been amazing to have you on and to just ex explore some of that experienced and knowledgeable brain as well um and good luck you? with the rest of your phd oh thank you yeah <laughs> <laughs> Look, i started it this year so i haven't got very much done because of the whole covid and everything but uh, oh, yeah wow. we'll get there it's an ongoing journey just be in your lane celebrate yeah <laughs> And um, enjoy the rest of your day. Thank you. Well, I hope you enjoyed listening to that just as much as I did interviewing yet another fantastic superhero. I'm so blessed to be able to do what I do. But if you want to follow me even more, check out the other episodes of the podcast. Check out my YouTube videos. And also, you can get me on Instagram at I'm doing it for dot me. 
which is actually the website address too. So whatever you're doing today, have a fantastic day and stay super.